Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. This show is six false teachings in the church today. This is part two. If you missed part one, we did one, two, three, four. Today we do five and six. You can go to pastorstudy.org and watch our TV shows for free there. So look that one up. False teachings in the church today, part one. Here's part two. Let me tell you why we're doing this. I, many years ago, graduated from Luther Theological Seminary in St. Paul. It's known as the most conservative of the ELCA Lutheran seminaries. You wouldn't know it by the number of gay, lesbian bumper stickers in the parking lot. But I'm kind of nostalgic, and even though I've left the ELCA Lutheran Church for a more conservative uh, Lutheran, I thought I'd walk through my old seminary. I walked into the main building, and here's a sign-up encouraging people to buy a book at the seminary bookstore by Reverend Nadia Bowles-Weber. She's a radical theologian and, and uh, pastor in the ELCA. In fact, she spoke to the liberal Central Lutheran Church downtown Minneapolis recently. She used the F word while she was speaking. So I go into the bookstore and I page through this new book. She uses the F word continually. She calls the disciples 12 F-ups. And sadly, the, she was, the book was praised on the dust cover by former head bishop of the ELCA, Mark Hansen. Worse than that, she denies that Jesus died in our place to pay for our sins. Listen to her, quote, Just to be clear, the cross is not about God as divine child abuser, sadly sending his little boy off to be killed because we were well bad and somebody had to pay. So I guess now you can be a professor and a, uh, a pastor in the Lutheran Church ELCA and deny the central fact of the faith that the sinless Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. This is going on at ELCA seminaries. Uh, professor David Lull of New Testament at Wartburg ELCA seminary, quote, I can't get past the idea that God had a thirst for innocent blood that had to be quenched or that God's justice required a death penalty for sinners until Jesus' death satisfied God's wrath. Even if Bible passages can be made to support these ideas, I can't get past the idea, etc. Even if, you know, even if the Bible teaches it, this professor is not going to believe it. I mean, this is grievous. So, like I say, I mean, that was one sad day for me to walk through our seminary. We have to talk about false teachings in the church today because they're killing the church. So here's what you missed last week. The four first false teachings were the Bible's not true. Number two, all people will be saved. You don't have to believe in Jesus. False teaching number three, destroying the church. We need to reimagine God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, language for God is sexist, so let's worship the goddess Sophia. And false teaching number four last week was grace abuse. Because we're saved by grace, which we are, by the way, but because we're saved by grace, we can send it up because we're saved by grace. No, you don't. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. So those are the false teachings of last week. 
Let me move to the last two, verse number five and six. Let's pray first. Father, many people watching this show go to an ELC Lutheran church or an Episcopal church or a PCUSA Presbyterian church or the United Church of Christ. Lord, we want to pray that some of these churches would turn around and get back to the scriptures. But if they're going to keep going the direction of hell, that millions of people would lose, leave these denominations and join a more biblical church. God, speak to us now. Help us discern what's real and what is true from what is false now. We ask, Holy Spirit, you come and, and open our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Next false teaching, number five. All that matters is love. You know, it doesn't matter if you're married anymore. Do you have a loving, committed relationship? Then it's okay to have sex. I uh, had a woman come to me, and, or it was actually a man that came to me, and he said, you know, Pastor Brock, years ago, when my fiance, fiance and I went into our Lutheran pastor for premarital counseling before the wedding, I said, well, pastor, probably you should know we're living together. And the pastor's response was, probably the best thing you can do to make sure you're compatible. If you Google the words Gustavus Adolphus freshman orientation, Gustavus Adolphus is a Christian college in St. Peter, a, a Lutheran college of the ELCA, you will get two five-minute vile sex skits. A, a friend of mine snuck a camera and filmed them, and the, they're vile, and their basic point is anything goes, just use a condom. And, and um, a Lutheran school. What do we say to all this? I'll tell you what I say. Here's our response to all the sexual immorality in America. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, do not be deceived. Do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Neither fornicators, that means sex outside of marriage, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor robbers, nor revilers will inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, if you're living, in, you can be forgiven for any sin, but if you're living in, impenitently in that sin, you're not saved. So my policy is if somebody comes to me and they're living in sin and they want me to marry them to their fiance, I say, if you're willing to repent, we'll talk about it. But if you're going to keep having sex and living in sin before the wedding, I'm not going to do the wedding. So some years ago, a woman calls up, Pastor Brock, we want to get married at your church. We think it's a pretty church or whatever she said. I said, yeah, but I notice on your application here, you're both living at the same address. Yes. Well, right in the application it says, you can't do that if you want me to marry you. Well, we still want to talk to you. So she brings her boyfriend in. And I said, okay, well, I'm concerned about your eternal soul. 1 Corinthians 6 says fornicators don't go to heaven. And when the boyfriend realized that I wasn't going to marry them unless they repented, he started squirming in his seat. It was, it came, it, it was so obvious that I did something I don't think I've ever done before. I looked at him, I said, you're not liking this, are you? <laughs> and she started crying because I think she knew what she was doing was wrong. But they refused to repent, so bye. I didn't do that to be mean to them. I did that because I was trying to show the love of Christ that if you keep doing that, you're going to hell, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Let's do one more false teaching in the church today, and this is everywhere. Gay is good. You've got whole denominations now, the Presbyterian Church USA, the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church in America, and the ELCA Lutheran Church all now are ordaining, practicing, impenitent homosexuals. 
And now what's coming to the state of Minnesota because of our liberal now law that we have gay marriage? In Oregon, Aaron and Melissa Klein had to close their bakery. They're Christians who would not bake a cake for a same-sex wedding. After weeks of protests, threats, and intimidation that drove customers away, they had to close their shop. In New Mexico, even worse, uh, Elaine and Jonathan Huganen, photographers, Christian photographers, refused to do a lesbian wedding. They now must pay the lesbian couple over $7,000. They appealed the case, but they lost the ruling, and the justice said that for them uh, having to compromise their faith, well, that's, quote, the price of citizenship. This, this country was founded on freedom of religion, not anymore. And I can understand the government being messed up on this, but the church, one reason we have gay marriage in Minnesota today is because liberal Protestant bishops took the wrong position on this issue. That's why we've got this. I'm a Lutheran. A couple summers ago, I was able to go to a Presbyterian Church USA convention, and they let me speak. Their big debate was going to be on gay marriage. They've already got gay clergy practicing gay clergy. Now the question is, will we let our pastors do lesbian weddings? So a woman, got, a woman pastor got to the microphone. You have to let me do this. The, the Holy Spirit was so present at our lesbian wedding that I performed. You have to let me do this or we'll hurt people. I was able to speak after her. I said, I have struggled with same-sex attraction most of my life but it's a sin. So for the sake of my eternal soul, I say no to those desires. You're not going to help people by pushing them into gay marriage. You're hurting them now and for eternity. And you know what was tragic about that convention? This is a Presbyterian convention, Presbyterian Church USA. For the opening worship service, they had a big cross up front. They draped the cross with a rainbow banner. Then you go up to the front to take Holy Communion. They had decorated the communion table with rainbow decorations in solidarity of homosexuality. That's blasphemy. The largest ELCA church in St. Paul, Minnesota, now has a practicing homosexual pastor who has a partner. And get this, Desmond Tutu, you've probably heard of him, retired, thankfully, Archbishop of the Episcopal Church. He stood against apartheid. God bless him for that. But listen to this. Desmond Tutu spoke at a gay rally in Cape Town, South Africa. He said that he would not worship a homophobic God and that he would refuse to go to a homophobic heaven. In fact, he said, I would rather go to the other place. Oh, yeah. Well, what do we say to this? Here's my response. The Bible is clear. Here's some verses. I want you to write those down, if you would. Leviticus 18, Romans 1, 1 Corinthians 6. The Bible can be kind of gray in certain areas. When it comes to homosexual behavior, it's rather black and white. And, and people say to me, well, how do people, how do bishops and pastors get around those verses? I'll tell you how they get around them. What they say is, well, those verses condemn promiscuous gay sex, but not loving, committed gay sex. The reason I want you to write those verses down, read those verses for yourself and see if it ever adds, but it's okay if you love each other. It never does. So um, let, let, let me say this. I got a phone call recently. Here's a Lutheran pastor in another state. He drives 
a young man from his church to, to come visit me in Minneapolis. And this young man has come out of the closet, proclaims himself homosexual, had a gay lover for a while, they broke up. But the pastor said, let's go talk to Tom Brock. So they came in and, and both of them sat there and I, I heard his story out. But then I said, can I tell you my story? And I said, I've struggled with same-sex attraction most of my life, but because the Bible teaches that's a sin, and if you live in that sin, you're not going to heaven, for the sake of my soul, I say no to those temptations. But this young man had listened to some of the lies of some of these gay theologians and, and how it's okay if you love each other. And I said, no, it isn't. In fact, do you know that homosexual men die years earlier than the general population? And then there's eternity you've got to deal with. So I said, I, I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to go to heaven. So I ask you, ask God's forgiveness for what you've done. Put your faith in Christ. You know, maybe you'll get married someday to a woman, or maybe you'll be single the rest of your life, but you can have a full life as a single person. But don't go down the road to homosexuality. Well, I got an email from the pastor later saying, he doesn't think this young man is ready to repent. Pray for this young man, if you would. But, um, and you know, one other thing I said to him, Yes, this struggle with same-sex attraction is hard, but to give into it is harder because then you die early and then you've got eternity. A friend of mine said, well, I was talking to this lady at a liberal church, and this lady said, but my pastor's been to seminary. He knows the Bible better than I do. He says homosexuality is okay, so it must be. And I heard that and I thought, no, 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 listen. Just because a liberal pastor says something, just because a conservative pastor says something, doesn't mean it's true. You read the Bible on your own. I'm a Lutheran. I believe in something called sola scriptura. That's Latin for the Bible alone, which means the Bible alone is our highest authority. It's not sola pastora. It's sola scriptura. That if your pastor says something that contradicts the Bible, your pastor's wrong. Let me just close with making a twofold plea. <laughs> I ask you in this confused day and age in which we live to protect yourself by doing two things. Number one, read your Bible daily. The reason a lot of lay people are buying some of the lies that we've been talking about, they never read the Bible on their own, and I just trust my pastor. No, you don't. Read your Bible every day. And then the second thing to, to safeguard yourself, join a good Bible-preaching church this, this TV show is not your church unless you can't get out. If you can get out, find a good church and join it. Somebody will say, but how do I know if it's a good Bible church versus one of these heretical churches? Very easy. I've said this many times. After the sermon, you, you're shaking hands with the pastor. You say, Pastor, can I just have five minutes? I'm thinking of joining this church, but can I ask a few questions? Pastor, do you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God? Do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? Do you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven? Tell me your views on the virgin birth of Christ and your views on abortion, homosexuality. If you get lots of tap dancing, well, that's a, that's a difficult... No. If you get tap dancing, then you don't want to go there. If you get good Bible answers, of course Jesus is the only way. Of course there's a heaven and hell. Then that's a good church. So I, I just close and just say, if you are going to an erring church and giving them your money, it's time for you to... to Say, Lord, where would you have me go to church and find a good Bible-preaching church and then read your Bible every day. Amen.
Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. I'd like to invite you to send your questions. At the end of the program, you're going to see our website come up, and we'd love to have you send questions to us to ask Pastor Brock on another show, and we're always looking for the tough ones. Yeah, you're always looking for the tough ones. I'm looking for the tough ones. <laughs> All right, Pastor Brock, in light of what you just said, this next question is regarding 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. And does this verse, these verses mean that if you fornicated or had premarital sex, you will go to hell? What Paul says is, don't be deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, thieves, greedy, will inherit the kingdom of God. But then he adds this. But such were some of you, Corinthians, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. So those Corinthians had been guilty of those sins, but they came to Christ, they got baptized, they were forgiven, they were saved. So I think yeah, no matter, you know, all those sins are forgivable. If you come to Christ, let him forgive you, and then you're saved. But Jackie, there's a difference between sinning and repenting, and then maybe sinning again and repenting, and living in hard-hearted and penitent sin. And it's the second one that'll damn you. So people who are living in sin are in trouble. Aren't saved no. as long, even if they say they believe in Jesus. I, you know, this couple that I had in my office, I think both of them would say, well, we believe in God. Well, so does the devil. And I think she would have said, oh, I believe in Christ. Then you need to repent. Yeah. Pastor Brock, it, there's a lot of people who have been just now telling family and loved ones that they're gay. Mm -hmm. If we're Christian and disagree with that, how do we handle that or what sh how should we respond? Okay, Jackie, let's say one of your children comes to you and says, Mom, I'm homosexual. What should we do? I think you love that child, you don't throw them out of the house, you show mercy and compassion, but you never say that behavior is okay, go ahead, because they'll die early, very possibly, and then there's eternity. So Jackie, you love them, you hang in there with them, you don't uh, you know, scream at them, you show love, but you say, I'm going to be praying, honey, for you, that you do not get into that behavior because it's unhealthy spiritually and physically. That's what you do. Okay, let's go a step further. If a loved one invites you to their homosexual wedding and you disagree, yeah. what should you do? <laughs> this is an interesting one. I, uh, I, can, I can speak at your church, where's the camera? It, I, I speak now on Sunday mornings and during the week for various churches. And if you need a speaker, just contact me on the website. There's the phone number and I'll come speak to your church. I was speaking at a Baptist church, conservative Baptist church for six weeks. And this question came up, and I, I asked, I polled him, I said, How, if, if your nephew comes out of the closet and says, Auntie, I want you to be at my gay wedding, how many of you would, you go, would go? And I think almost half of them would go. And I struggle with same-sex attraction, Jackie, and I said, I wouldn't go. Yeah, I might write him a note and say, I love you, Johnny, and I'll be praying for you, but because this is a sin, and I, I want you to go to heaven and for all eternity, not hell, I can't show up at this wedding because I don't want to support you going in that direction. That's loving. 
I think showing up is, by, is kind of saying, well, this is okay with me. No, it isn't. I, Jackie, if, if, my, if I was married and had children, I wouldn't go to, because it's not a wedding. I mean, Jackie, if, if somebody invited, let's say some coworker at work is going to have a wedding, but he's going to get married to five women at one time, I bet you wouldn't go to the wedding, because it's not a wedding. And, and, and the same thing, if a man asks you to be at a wedding where he's going to marry a man, I wouldn't go because it's not a wedding. Actually, I don't think you see too many people trying to marry five people because they accept that as being exactly. wrong legally. However, now <laughs> that gay marriage has been legal for a few years in Canada, they are starting, the polygamists are starting to say, well, if we can redefine marriage, why can't we have polygamy in Canada? Oh, okay. Next step. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the best protection against false teaching, you say, is to read your Bible. So what version of the Bible do you like the mm -hmm. most? The two best, I think, because I like getting a real literal Bible that really translates the Hebrew Old Testament and the Greek New Testament word by word and doesn't take liberties. Is you got two options, I think. The NASB, New American Standard Bible, or the ESV, the English Standard Version, both of those are really good, and a, a really good Bible is the ESV Study Bible because they have good footnotes on the bottom of each page explaining the difficult verses. So I would look for the English Standard Version Study Bible and get them in any Christian bookstore. Pastor Brock, what's going to happen to the church with the way it's gravitating to the permissive things that is, are happening? Is a small biblical-based church even going to be a reality? Well, you know the good news, Jackie? What I just talked about, these false teachings, the churches that are embracing those teachings, they're shrinking. You know, people say to me, why, are they, why is the church now in, endorsing homosexuality? They're trying to get more members? Well, if they do, the opposite is happening. When churches embrace false teaching, they don't grow, they shrink. The United Church of Christ is the most liberal of all the Christian denominations. It has shrunk so much since the 1960s because they've been the forerunners in all this heresy. So it, they may think they're going to gain members. They lose members when they dishonor the word. Um, how does a church community react to somebody coming to their church yeah. as a couple that may be gay? Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Um, I think if somebody comes to your church strung out on drugs, has, she's a prostitute, or, or they come with their gay lover, etc., we want everyone to come to Christ. We want to invite everybody to church. But the question I have is, what are we inviting them to? Are, they, are we inviting them to turn from their sin and receive the forgiveness of Christ? Or are we inviting them to stay in their sin and we don't think anything's wrong with this? I think we welcome everybody, but once they're welcomed, what, we, what do we do with them? And I think out of love, we preach the truth to them in humility, but we preach the truth and we don't compromise. Okay. Um, what do you recommend to people who have to work in the workplace mm -hmm. with people like yep. this? I will tell you what happened yesterday, Jackie. A friend of mine in another town, uh, somebody just came out of the closet and announced they're homosexual. And he, he's a conservative Christian, but I told him he needed to work on his attitude because he said, now that I know this man is a practicing homosexual, if that's what's going on, he said, I get sick to my stomach around that. And I said to him, you need to get over that. 
because Jesus ate with sinners. And it's right to feel that something's wrong with homosexuality. Jackie, I struggle with same-sex attraction. I know something is wrong with it, all right? But so I told him, you need to love him. You need to show him the love of Christ. Uh, you need to not drop off of that board that he's on. But you never tell him it's okay. And in fact, when you can, you lovingly say, I'm going to be praying for you that you'll turn away from that behavior. Tom, what, what makes you strong enough to turn to, you said you struggle with yeah. this attraction. Mm -hmm. What makes you strong enough to? I, I would say it's the Holy Spirit. Because left on my own, I'd be sinning all over the place, Jackie. And because I, I, I have desires, and if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I'd probably be dead. You know, Jackie, um, real quick, I'll tell you this story. I was interviewed by a liberal radio disc jockey on my struggle with same-sex attraction, and he said, Pastor Brock, why don't you just embrace this part of yourself? And I said to him, I'm glad I didn't. I'm 60 years old. People my age that embrace this are dead. <laughs> So what gives me strength is the Holy Spirit, but I'll tell you what also, also helps. I have a prayer partner that I talk to once a week. I hold, he holds me accountable. Tom, how you doing? You're walking the walk. Have you sinned in any way this week? I have to tell him my sins. Getting a prayer partner is, is better, I think, in many cases, than getting a psychiatrist appointment. Somebody who will lovingly hold you accountable and pray for your weak spots. And, of course, Bible reading, being part of good church prayer. But accountability helps me stay on the path. Okay, Pastor Brock, you mentioned that you're available to speak at churches. Would you like yeah. to maybe talk a little sure. bit about that before we end the program? You, you bet. Hi, everybody, wherever the camera is. Um, if you go to pastorstudy.org, you'll find our phone number. If you need a speaker at your church to talk about this issue or any issue, I'd rather preach the gospel, but now I need to talk about this same-sex attraction thing, too, because it's all over our culture. So just go to pastorstudy.org. If you missed last week's show about heresies that are destroying the church, you can watch all of our TV shows for free at pastorstudy.org. Also, Jackie, we've got enough funds to keep doing our ministry for a few more months, and we just keep limping along. We've been doing it for 25 years in Minneapolis, but now we're on nationally on Dish Network and DirecTV. Go to our website, pastorstudy.org. Pray for our ministry. If the Lord nudges you to help our ministry, you'll see a... Uh, address that you can send support at the end of the program, or, or you can do that at pastorstudy.org uh, with, with your uh, help. So pray for us. We'd love to keep going, but only the Lord knows. <laughs> so we want to thank you for being with us this week, and we just pray that God would be with you, granting you his richest blessings until we're all together again next time. Thanks, and have a great week. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.